This is Generation Education. Join educator Ruth Baynott Mondays at 11 a.m. as she explores modern parenting, physical, emotional and social development from pregnancy through adulthood. Mondays at 11 a.m. right here on 101.9 High FM. I'm joined now by specialist obstetrician and gynecologist Dr. Adele. Dr. Adele works at Charlotte McQuaque Hospital, also known as the Joburg General, and currently is a fellow in training in fetal maternal medicine. Her passion is high-risk obstetrics. Dr. Adele is also a wife and a mom of two gorgeous young children. Thank you for joining me this morning, Dr. Adele. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you for having me. So I wanted to ask you, when a mom first finds out that she is pregnant, what appointments and checkups does she need to make and with whom? So I think, you know, booking early at your your obstetrician is probably one of the best ideas. So as soon as she knows she's pregnant, she can give her gynae and obstetrician a call. Usually most obstetricians will see a mom between six and 10 weeks from their last period. And really that is because... You want to be able to confirm the baby's heartbeat is there at the first appointment. So that's usually the first appointment that they will see. And then those moms will then be seen usually about every four to six weeks, depending on their risk factors in the pregnancy. And then they'll start being seen a bit more regularly as they get later into the pregnancy. Um, And then there's always the the choice that a mom has of going to see one of the fetal maternal specialists for their specialized scans at 12 weeks and at 20 weeks. Um, And Really, that will depend on their risk factors and it will also depend on, like I said, if they choose to go for those additional sonars and if referred there by their specialist obstetricians. At that 12-week and 20-week specialized checks, what are they actually looking for? The 12-week scan is really all about your risk, assessing the risks in the pregnancy. The 12-week scan, the most important three big risks that we look at are what is a mom's risk of having a gene problem in that pregnancy? So we look for something called aneuploidy um, screening, and that's looking at the thickness of the skin at the back of the baby's neck and looking for other big things like is the bone in the baby's nose present and that will help us stratify is her in terms of her risk factors for having a baby with a gene problem such as down syndrome is the most common gene problem that most um, moms will know about and also looking at her history and we'll put all of that together the second thing is looking at her risk of having a baby born early so the doctor would measure the length of her cervix at that appointment and also look at her risk factors that has she had a previous pregnancy that is delivered early or previous miscarriages that occurred a little bit late in the pregnancy? And then lastly, they'll look at her risk factors for developing high blood pressure in the pregnancy and growth restriction within the pregnancy. Again, looking at her history and then some of the findings on the ultrasound will be able to be used to assess her risks at that point. Mentioning moms that do have that high risk factor, are there certain moms that potentially are more susceptible to high risk? What would those criteria be? Age, genetics, groupings, culture? So there's a lot and it will also depend on, you know, her previous pregnancy outcomes, which may put her at a higher risk. So has she had 
numerous miscarriages? Has she had stillbirths? Um, has she delivered those babies earlier? So those pregnancy-related criteria would make her high risk. And then also looking at her own conditions. So for example, women that are older, unfortunately, as we get older, we classified as being more high risk um, when delivering babies. And then has the mom got any other medical conditions that would put her at risk? So things that really affect pregnancy are things like diabetes, moms with hypertension, and any other autoimmune conditions such as lupus. All of those will put mom and cardiac disease as well. All of those would make a mom far more high risk in that pregnancy. So she would need more intensive monitoring um, and assessment throughout the pregnancy. Right. And would that mom be able to go to their normal gynecologist or would their gynae refer them then to a high-risk gynae? So, look, I mean, all all obstetricians and gynecologists are trained within their four years of specializing to manage all of these conditions. But there are a lot of obstetricians that have found a niche for themselves where they tend to manage more high-risk pregnancies. So there are some gynecologists that would be more comfortable referring patients on if they're not comfortable. And then your next port of call would be your fetal maternal specialist, because I think a lot of people don't realize that the fetal maternal specialists are not only there to do those ultrasounds, but they also are specialized in maternal medicine, which is further training in maternal conditions that will affect the pregnancy. So they are great resources for uh, extra support and extra advice during the pregnancy. You actually mentioned that you are currently a fellow in training in fetal uh, maternal medicine. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? In my mind, I'm thinking all these um, doing surgery while the fetus is still in womb. Is it that part of that or am I totally off base here? So no, that is definitely a part of it. Um, unfortunately, in this country, there's very limited um, intrauterine surgeries that are, that are performed. And um, there have been a few procedures done so far at Morningside with Prof. Nicolau. But internationally, there are fellowships, intrauterine surgery that um, one of our one of our specialists actually from here is currently training in Texas for that. But basically what it involves is more, so from the fetal medicine point of view, those high-risk pregnancies, babies with abnormalities, moms who need invasive testing such as amniocentesis, those would be referred to our fetal maternal medicine specialist. And then, like I said, the maternal side, any moms that have got high-risk conditions that would put them at greater risks, which would affect the pregnancy, would be able to be seen by the fetal maternal medicine specialist. That's very interesting. And it's uh, interesting that there is someone already training in Texas to do that. And hopefully that is something that will grow in this country. I wanted to chat to you now about those different terminologies where they say first trimester, second trimester, third trimester. Can Mm -hmm. you just delve a little bit into that? So the first trimester would be at the beginning of pregnancy up until 12 weeks of gestation or 12 weeks of pregnancy. And then second trimester is up to 28 weeks. And then third trimester would be after that until delivery. So full term is considered 40 weeks. So the nine months is considered 40 weeks. Fascinating. I always actually thought 38 weeks was your full term and the extra two weeks kind of you know, obviously if they delivered within that two weeks, it would still be okay. So no, look, that's true, Ruth. So if if you do the explicit definition, so we say 40 weeks is term, but we say preterm is before 30 
um, 37 completed weeks, which is basically 38 weeks. So within that period, it is considered acceptable and we wouldn't be concerned if a mom delivered it during that time. Babies, they don't like definitions. They like to do yeah. their own things anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, not only babies as they grow up too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right. So now once a mom's confirmed their pregnancy and she's now needing to look after herself, what are some of the do's and don'ts when it comes to things like eating, drinking, smoking, physical activity? Well, there's always a general guideline and then each case needs to be individualized because some moms will have more to worry about than others. But from a general point of view, obviously just a very balanced diet, making sure you're getting enough rest, preferably avoiding smoking and alcohol, um, definitely because those can affect the baby. So for some moms, you know, they might be smoking 40 cigarettes a day and just assisting that mom with cutting down is also something that would be greatly beneficial. Then in terms of physical exercise, I always say as long as it's in moderation and it's to a degree that the mom is used to. So if it's a mom who runs comrades, for example, if she's doing five kilometer run, that's absolutely perfect. But a mom who, let's not start a comrades training session while you're pregnant for the first time so if you're doing just a general and um, very gentle exercise that's great um we tend to say avoid a lot of jumping and anything that has is high impact we like to avoid in pregnancy but like i say if it's a mom who is a weightlifter and is who is incredibly fit she can still maintain her physical exercise at the level that she knows is not overdoing it and her body is comfortable with then you often get well not often but you sometimes here within pregnancy you'll get a bit of spotting or bleeding is this something that is normal and when should a mom be concerned so very early in the pregnancy there is sometimes a period where you can have a small bit of spotting which we would call an implantation bead so it's that that little fertilized egg as it tries to now burrow into the wall of the uterus to now you know start establishing its blood supply there may be a little bit of bleeding which can be considered normal but any bleeding in pregnancy, I would always recommend is get is um, worked up, or at least you're seen by your Ghanaian obstetrician, even if it's just to put your mind at ease. Um, so bleeding is definitely a warning sign in pregnancy to rather get seen rather than leaving it. Right. And what would you say were some of the other warning signs that a mom should go or should contact their doctor? Because obviously, especially a first-time mom, they don't know what is or isn't normal. So definitely um, pain that is persistent, that isn't resolving with rest, um, pain that is abnormal to a certain level of comfort that maybe a mom is used to. And then definitely if your waters break at any point during the pregnancy, I would say you need to be seen and reviewed by your obstetrician and gynecologist. Let's chat a little bit about postpartum care for moms, both natural birth as well as a C-section. So, I mean, the postpartum period is, uh, by definition, it's for those first 42 um, days post-delivery. But our postpartum care really is extends to a lot longer than that. And the relationship with your gynecologist is, is always extends after that. So once uh, a mom has delivered, it's really just making sure she's comfortable and she's supported, first of all, and then taking care of her physical or, you know, if she's had a seizure from the surgical point of view, is she doing well? Is she mobilizing? Is the wound itself clean? And also moms who have had 
um, a natural birth? Has she had any tears that had required to be stitched? All of that needs to be looked after if she's had any wounds. And then, you know, breastfeeding is definitely something that a lot of moms need support with. Um, it's something that everyone thinks comes naturally, but it doesn't. And a lot of moms beat themselves up when it doesn't come naturally. But it is something that is so, so difficult to establish. Um, and that's why there are lactation consultants and midwives and your gynecologists to support you through that because it is such a difficult part of being a mom um and then i think yeah. also just the 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 mental um health of moms after delivery moms generally are firstly extremely hormonal and it's something that unfortunately they have no control over but secondly i think a lot of moms really struggle with baby blues and postnatal depression and they they blame themselves for not thinking that every moment is an absolute miracle and absolutely wonderful and it's and it's and it's completely completely normal to feel that way. So I think for moms who are struggling, it's always to contact your, your, your obstetrician because that's your first point of call to, to, get, to get support. So that's all of the things that need support in the postpartum period. Right. And we're actually going to be doing a show in a few weeks' time about postnatal depression as well as prenatal and prenatal depression, which mm-hmm. is that something that you do come across often? Yeah, we do. And I think it's something that isn't, it's something that's not often addressed and it's something that's neglected. And um, definitely nowadays it's becoming more and more highlighted as something that needs to be addressed. And I think I'm very passionate about making sure um, our moms are supported in their postpartum period. So we see it often and moms hide it because they feel bad that they're not happy. With yeah, this supposed to beautiful be... newborn baby. Yeah. They're not happy that, um, yeah. you know, if everything has worked. Absolutely. And you expect it to be um, happy about everything. Mm, absolutely. Now, a lot of moms also go into childbirth with this expectation of having this birthing plan. I wanted to Mm. just chat about that, about what mom's expectations are versus the reality of what actually happens. So I think that's such a great thing to talk about because I think one of the, the biggest disappointments for a lot of moms is the fall of the, the birthing plan. And what I want to say is that these little babies, they are these tiny little helpless beings that you think have no power, but they literally rule the roost and run the show. They will decide exactly how and when they want to come out. And moms just need to enter into this whole pregnancy knowing that they will be the ones who will make the decision at the end. So I think going into a birthing plan, it is wonderful and it helps a lot of moms have a a sense of control um, and, you know, a feeling of how they would love things to go. But I think making sure you're just not too dead set on a specific plan because things can and unfortunately do go wrong. That's why there are hospitals. That's why there are midwives. That's why there are obstetricians because there is a need for a huge percentage of these pregnancies or these deliveries to be managed um, with more help than, than, you know, just having a home birth or whatever you used to be done. And that's the joy of it is that we've got all that additional help and support to make sure that moms and babies do well at the time of delivery. So don't go in with a set plan. It's nice to have an idea, but don't be disappointed if it's not what you thought it would be in the end. 
the end of the day, as long as baby is out happy and healthy, mom is happy and healthy, that's all that matters. Absolutely, which actually leads me to ask you, and we were talking about support, what support is there available for when the outcome is not the happy ending and perhaps a stillbirth or something else is there support available for that there are a lot of support groups um you know the depression society um in south africa has a lot of support but you know i think every hospital has got social workers and psychologists that can be called upon in the acute setting and your obstetrician your gynecologist can definitely assist with referrals for additional support it doesn't only have to be a once-off appointment some moms may require appointments going forward some moms may find months later that suddenly it sneaks up on them that they're just not coping with the loss so speak to your your obstetrician and gynecologist or engage with your gp it will depend who you know you feel comfortable with but definitely there's so much support out there there's facebook support groups there's so much on social media nowadays and um, that moms can access support thank you so much dr adele for all this relevant and incredible information and for sparing your time to chat to us today all about pregnancy i've really enjoyed chatting to you guys thank you so much Ruth.